It seems Jesus capitalized on Jewish holidays for major events. For example, the Feast of Weeks was when Pentecost occurred. Did Jesus honor these occasions because they just so happened to fall when he was ready to do something miraculous? And how does this relate to one who denies foundational apostolic doctrine? Are you ready to face the truth? Face the Truth is the weekly podcast from the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas, with our pastor and Bible teacher, Bishop Gregory Riggin. Thank you to everyone who is listening. I trust that today's episode will be a blessing to all of those who tune in. The problem with believing Jesus will return on a Jewish holiday leaves us open to the misconception that we have time to live the way we want to and get right with God later. Jesus, however, commands us in Matthew 25, verse 13, to watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Living a holy life is something we must do every day in order to be ready for his return. It is interesting to note, though, that Jesus did major events around Jewish feast days. Is that coincidence? Or just maybe did he institute the Jewish holidays in preparation for the events in the New Testament era he had planned before time began? Combating false doctrine is not the purpose of this podcast. Teaching truth is. Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 gives us the principles of the doctrine of Christ, two of which are resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. If you deny these foundational apostolic doctrines, can you be apostolic? Making these things symbolic does not change their truths. We cannot change Scripture to suit ourselves. We must accept it for what it says, even when it comes to the end of time and the resurrection. Listen in as Bishop Riggin shares his thoughts on a topic that will make you challenge your position. 1988, book came out. It was very popular. Apostolics were preaching from it. 88 reasons why the Lord will come in 1988. He didn't come in 1988. But I will tell you one thing that the man said that I think is possible. It at least deserves consideration. And it's this. The major events of New Testament era took place on Jewish feast days. The coming of the Spirit, the Lord's crucifixion. Wouldn't it make sense? The Lord instituted a feast in the Old Testament called the Feast of Trumpets. Wouldn't it just make sense that that's when the last trump will sound? I'm not setting dates. I'm not setting... I'm just saying it's something to think about. Right. God's never been willy-nilly about anything. Right. He does everything with perfection. Now, I don't know the day and the hour because I don't know if he does come at the Feast of Trumpets. I don't know what year it's going to happen. I don't know. And even then, this is a feast that spread out over several days. I don't know which of those days. I have no idea. I just think it would make sense prophetically that it would take place at that time. Never heard that before. Causes you to take pause. It does. It does. The problem, again, with even putting too much stock in that is it would kind of cause people to think, okay, I mean, this generally falls around September in our months, our calendars. So I got, I got a year. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, right. November, it's November now. So, <laughs> hey, we got, you know, we got 10 months. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, I'll get ready next August. Right. Um, I wouldn't put too much stock in that. But I'm just throwing it out there for consideration that the Lord certainly did do every other thing major around some Jewish holiday. Yeah. And I don't want to start the whole Christmas debate, but. You've already talked about the end times. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we do know, the Lord has not returned. He has not returned. Yes. Ooh, definitively, we can make that statement. Absolutely. He has not returned. He has not returned in spite of what Preterists try to tell right, us. Right. Come on. <laughs> Let's go on in. <laughs> he has not returned. What, you the devil said... has not been bound. That's right. I'll offer a different feast that is possible. And I'm not okay. sure how related it is to the Feast of Trumpets, because I'm not too familiar with it. But the Feast of the Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. That's I want, Pentecost. That's Pentecost. Okay, there you go. So that that might, the parables that he's used in related to the end of the world to harvests, I wonder. And to your point about the Lord utilizing the Feast of the Jews to begin and end different eras within yeah. the New Testament church. Yeah. I don't think it would be... Okay. Pentecost. Because Why? he poured out his spirit at Pentecost. I don't think that he... So that one's used. That's just me. I understand. I mean, you were the one that told me that <laughs> when he chooses a place or a time, location or a time, that oftentimes he'll come back. I That's didn't a say Jewish... a time. Oh, no. He did, you didn't say a time? No, I didn't just say a time. Just a location. A okay. location. I see. That's a Jewish custom that once God has visited a place in a miraculous way. The Jews believe that he will visit that place again in a miraculous way. But I never said anything about a time. Well, but you kind of did with the Feast of the Trumpets. And then he did demonstrate his choice of utilizing the Feast of you know, the Passover, because that was the day of Pentecost. So he used a time that was common to the Jews, and it was very important for the Jews over and over and over every year, or every 50 years even. And there is some importance that he places on those times. Now, I'm not making a doctrine out of it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just making an observation. But I believe that you're kind of getting it in reverse, because I believe God instituted those feasts as the Old Testament symbol of what was to come. Not that God honored a holiday and did something because the holiday was existent. I see. God created, God specifically gave them these dates with future events in mind. Mm -hmm. And he wanted them celebrating these dates as a symbol of what was to come. Right. I understand now. That, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. The Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, is actually the Jewish New Year. Oh, wow. I agree with you now, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. It is the Jewish New Year, and God ordained that the priests would sound the shofars as a call to new things. We're beginning a new year. We're beginning a new day. Hmm. The old is now behind us. 
And it begins with the blowing of the trumpets. Wow. I wouldn't want to put a whole lot of stock in that. I certainly wouldn't want to try to base some kind of prophecy prediction on that idea. I just think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. You said something earlier, Brother Hilton, and based on what Bishop just said a few moments ago, I thought you said, and correct me if I misstate this, but I thought you said that God capitalizes on events, but it sounds like he creates events to capitalize on. It's not like an event sneaks up. He's like, you yeah. know what? I think I should. Just yeah, like what you just said. Thought. Right, right. Yeah, that was the way I was interpreting it, you know, was that it was almost like an afterthought. Like, oh, yeah, I'll use this feast because it makes sense and blah, blah, blah. But what Pastor was saying was, yeah, it's exactly what you said. Yeah. He created it for the purpose to, yeah. to be fulfilled with this event in the future. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> According to the Jewish sages, Rosh Hashanah is when time began. Hmm. How about also when time ends? <laughs> um, Should we uh, knock the preterists out of their nest? <laughs> well, that could be an entire podcast in and of itself. And I really have never been one to spend a lot of time combating false doctrine. I believe if you'll teach and preach true doctrine, that in and of itself will combat false doctrine. Preterism has a number of problems. And again, I really don't know that I want to spend a lot of time dealing with it. Except just to say that according to Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation. Here's the foundation. Repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Mm-hmm. These things are foundational apostolic doctrines. And when somebody denies these things, they cannot call themselves apostolic. Preterists don't believe there's a day of judgment coming. They believe that the judgment Christ spoke about, even the day of the Lord, when it said you'll see him coming in the clouds that that was an allegory, speaking of the clouds of dust behind the hooves of the Roman army's horses. They were carrying out God's vengeance against the Jews when they overthrew Jerusalem. And that's what he was talking about. They will point out verses like what you used in Matthew, pray that your flight be not at winter or on the Sabbath. And they use that to say, because what he's talking about is running from the Romans. You better hope this doesn't come on a day when you're not allowed to go but so many miles. Right. Or during the winter time when travel is difficult because you're going to be running from the Roman armies. They try to say that's what all this is about. And that everything that we read about in the book of Revelation happened in 70 AD with the overthrow of Jerusalem. So they don't believe in the resurrection 
They don't believe in the rapture. They don't believe in eternal judgment. They don't believe in these things. They are therefore denying foundational doctrines of the apostolic church. Now, they say they believe in it, but they've spiritualized it. Do they believe in the resurrection of the dead? Not the way we do. Do they spiritualize that and say it's a, it's a spiritual resurrection? There's so much. Of course, again, it depends on which preterist you talk to. I've known some men who denied they were preterists. But they did so on the basis that there were certain points of classic preterism they disagreed with. And so therefore, they would not call themselves preterists. And therefore, they could tell everybody who asked, no, I'm not a preterist, when they really believed most of the basic tenets of preterism. Even to the point they do not believe there is a literal city of New Jerusalem that's symbolic. They've made almost everything in the book of Revelation symbolism. So in response to your request that we blow the preterists out of the water, <laughs> I'm probably not going to take you up on your challenge there except to say they are not apostolic because they deny foundational apostolic doctrine. And to deny that the Lord is coming is something that is not apostolic at all. Boom. <laughs> We've gotten way more into prophecy than what I ever, <laughs> ever intended to do. I know it. And I hope that, I hope that the members of the Truth Church listen to... <laughs> These podcasts, because they'll never hear me deal with prophecy in any more detail than what they're getting right now. Face the truth. <laughs> Thank you, Bishop Riggin, for once again sharing your thoughts and wisdom as we learn the correct way to deal with false doctrine. Join us next week on Face the Truth. Thank you to everyone who has joined us for today's podcast. We want you to know that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything we can do for you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer request to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you live in the Kansas City metropolitan area, we invite you to join us for our services this week. Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6 and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our website, olathetruth.com slash live. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.